0: Today, another chapter in two relatively new series here. So if you're all caught up on Cletus Cavalier's latest adventures and the first two parts of After the Fall, stick around. We've got more in store. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab. I'm Professor Theo. Welcome to the next chapter of Cletus Cavalier's Unlikely Alliance of Really Bad Space Dudes, Part 4. Hurtling through the portal had been a harrowing, hair-raising, and slightly nauseous experience. You should have warned me. I would have taken my Dramamine before we left. Cletus complained. On Earth, Dramamine is a medicine designed to aid in travel sickness. Where Scowl was from, it meant something quite different. We'll cover that later. Cletus and Scowl had passed through the portal and arrived in a barren land, home to a few small houses, huts, and some slightly larger structures with a smattering of robots, droids, milling about. There was little life to be observed amongst the flat red clay landscape that stretched out for miles in all directions. A blue sun burned bright and hot in the sky above. It was quite striking, quite beautiful, that bright blue sun against the red landscape. Peaceful, too, until the two heard a voice, Welcome! Scowl and Cletus were greeted by Scarlet, a half-woman and half-robot that approached out of nowhere and surprised them. You've come for the cause, I suppose? Scowl answered affirmatively, while Cletus added his two cents. We've come looking for some really bad space dudes. Scarlet laughed. Well, you won't find any here, but we've got plenty of bad space dudettes. Scowl scowled. Yes, ma'am, I am aware. Forgive my ignorant partner. Then to Cletus. He is sometimes a bit embarrassing. I've heard that about earthlings, Scarlet laughed. Scowl joined in, chuckled heartily. Cletus looked uncomfortable. Scarlet led Scowl and Cletus to her hut. Along the way, Cletus noticed all inhabitants of the maroon, Mars-like land, appropriately named Vermilion, officially SP-39, appeared to be half human-like, half robotic of some kind, and all appeared to be female. Enhanced is the word we like to use, Scarlet explained. As we grow, our body ages. And things go bad. Organs, limbs, what have you. We have them replaced with sophisticated machine technology. Cool, Scowl was impressed. So weird, Cletus blurted out. Now some you passed on the way in. Scarlet continued to explain. Some were only 10% machine. Older ones, maybe 60 or 70%. Eventually, everyone ends up being 100%. An AI of some sorts, I think you'd call it. Impressed as Cletus and Scowl were, this type of woman-made evolution had its downsides. Scarlet explained that human-like emotions eventually died out as the AI took over. Logic replacing love. Which, depending on who you ask, might be a good thing or a bad thing. That's an old Kirk versus Spock debate for another day, for you Star Trek fans out there. Organized religion had taken a hit, too. Nobody passed on, so fewer people believed in a place to pass on to. It was this note that seemed to trouble Scarlet the most. "'I envy the faith of your people, both of you,' she added. "'Also the enhancements didn't work on men, "'and with reproduction no longer necessary "'in a region where everyone can live forever, "'at least in some form, "'males of the species had eventually gone extinct.'" Cletus and Scowl shared uncomfortable glances. No offense, but they haven't been missed all that much, Scarlet added. Well, how could we take offense to that, Cletus retorted. Scarlet veered the conversation back to their threat and mission. Scarlet and Scowl had obviously spoken about all of this on one or two other occasions leading up to this meet-up. And so Cletus was uh, a bit behind the times. From what pieces of the puzzle he was able to put together, Cletus surmised that the invaders on Glog had connected their portal to Earth to rob the planet of its water and fossil fuels. But their attack on SP-39, Vermillion, was to be an attempt to plunder its advanced technology that essentially made everyone on the planet immortal. Once they do, they'll level the entire planet. They'll leave nothing. Same thing for your worlds, and all others, eventually. Scarlet assured, we've seen it happen in almost a dozen systems already. Well, let's take that portal to Glog and blow it out of the sky. We'll stop up those portals like I clog up a toilet, Cletus joked. Scowl laughed. Scarlet did not. It's not that easy. Shutting off the portals will be one thing, but we'll need someone to stay behind, to sacrifice themselves to assure the job is done. Not it, Cletus interjected. Not it, Scowl protested. Scarlet rolled her eyes. Your bravery is noted. I'm not it either. The sacrifice has been chosen. They protect Nehi in the outer ranks. That's our next stop. And that is the end of part four of Cletus Cavalier's unlikely alliance of really bad space dudes and dudettes. It is not the end of this week's episode, for I'm sure you want an after-the-fall update. Here it is. After the Fall, Part 3. We later heard that Caleb and Cassie made it downtown, but got cornered, outnumbered, in the comic shop. Hasn't been verified yet. I don't know about Caleb's real-world fight skills, but Cassie has been in ultimate fight training since she could walk. I'm not joking. We later heard that Mags and Murdoch never made it past the haunted house. I told you that place was bad news. I'm surprised their legendary camouflage and hiding skills didn't help out. Must have been caught off guard. Some say Donnie and Teresa got in trouble and sailed off in that boat that the young ones made, but never had the goal to try out. The boat was missing, after all. What happened to it? Of course, Zach and I didn't know any of this at the time, We were on our search and rescue mission to find our fellow survivor, and now missing, Zara. Day two passed without any further zombie run-ins, thankfully. Unfortunately, it also passed without any clues to a missing Zara. Turns out Zach and I had more in common than I thought, though. He doesn't game, and I don't play baseball, but we do both watch a lot of movies. I have some similar taste in music, too. We fought together to defeat a zombie trio as well, and that's something that'll bring you closer together real quick. Trust me. Day three, our hunger got the best of us, and we spent more time hunting than searching. Of course, it's often when you're not looking that you find the very thing you're after. That's what happened. We finished a meal and began to work on a makeshift for-the-night shelter. I'd gone for a short walk to find a place to use the bathroom, and I saw it hanging from a low tree branch. I ran back to Zack. Is that... He didn't let me finish. Zack exclaimed, Her shirt! It was Zara's hoodie, wrapped tightly to a tree, He untied it. I picked up a note that fell out of the pocket onto the ground. Worse than we thought, it read. Was all planned. Zombies, period. Were, period. Distraction, period. I read it aloud a couple of times. Zach did, too. What did it mean? That's all for this week, listeners. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you have a wild and wonderful and weird and fun and hopeful and creative week. Be good to each other. Be helpers. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab is written and read by Jonathan Joy. And Levi Joy. I'm Rissy Joy, the proud wife and mother of these two. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Spread the word. Tell a friend. If you don't, Professor Theo might blast you into outer space. If he could do that type of thing, I mean. Also, please consider supporting this project by making a small monthly pledge at ProfessorTheo.com. You can email our family at theprofessortheo at gmail.com or tweet at us at Theo underscore mystery. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week.